Welcome to the Watoto Church Podcast. Prepare your heart as we explore scripture and delve into the Word of God. Let's bow our heads and pray together, shall we? Let's pray together. Jesus, we're so thankful for your Word. And we ask that as we turn to your Word, may you speak to us. We ask that your word will challenge us. That your word will motivate us. Your word will inspire us. That your word will move us to become the people that you want us to be. A people that are passionate about reaching those around us with the gospel. In Jesus' name and everybody says amen and amen. We're coming to the end of a series that we called Each One Rich One. And the reason we called it Each One Rich One is because that phrase is really at the heart of our vision as Watoto Church. I want us to recite our Watoto Church vision statement together on the count of three. Three, two, one. We are an English-speaking, cell-based community church celebrating Christ, growing and multiplying as each one reaches one. Touching those around us with the love of Jesus, bringing healing to the cities and to the nations. That is our vision. We want to continue to grow and multiply as each one reaches one. And that's what we've spent time talking about this month. And we started by talking about God's heart for the lost. His heart is a heart of compassion and that must be our heart. We must have a heart of compassion and love for those who are lost. And then we talked about the message of the gospel because if we are going to reach people, we must reach them with no other message but the message of the gospel. Well, what is the message of the gospel? That Christ died for our sins and Christ rose from the dead. We are to share that gospel with everyone we get into contact with because our desire is to see people turn away from sin and turn to Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Last week we talked about the impact of the gospel. And we say that lives are transformed when each one reaches one with the gospel. Nothing will change a life like the gospel can. Why? Because the gospel addresses man's core issue. The issue we're all grappling with. Sin. And it opens our eyes to see the love of God. The mercy, the grace of God towards us. It helps us see the righteousness of God that can become our righteousness when we turn to Jesus in faith. It helps us recognize our need for a savior. Jesus is the only savior. In John 14, 6, he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And so, I want to encourage you. If you're a believer, preach the gospel. It will transform people's lives. If you have not believed in Jesus as your Lord and Savior, today is your day. Nothing will transform your life like the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. As we come to the end of our sermon series today, I want to talk to you about reaching the hearts of our children. Reaching the hearts of our children. A story is told of a gentleman called D.L. Moody. D.L. Moody was an American evangelist that lived in the 1800s. And he preached everywhere that he went. He shared the gospel. And one day he's quoted as saying that at a certain event that he led, there were two and a half people that gave their lives to Jesus. And so a friend of his asked him, when he said two and a half people gave their lives to Jesus, are you saying that it was two adults and one child? 
He looked at them and he said, you know what? It was two children and one adult. Why? Because when a little child gives their heart to Jesus, an entire life is saved. And I love that perspective. I love the perspective that he was passionate about reaching children with the gospel. This was the heart of Jesus. I want us to turn to Matthew chapter 19 and verse 13 to 15. Matthew chapter 19, uh, Jesus is in Judea. He has crossed to the other side of the Jordan River. And from verse 1 to 12, Jesus has an interesting conversation with some Pharisees that came to him. And we're going to pick it up in verse 13 where Jesus has an encounter with his disciples and teaches them a great life lesson that you and I need to grab a hold of today. The Bible says, Then people brought the little children to Jesus for him to place his hands on them and pray for them. But the disciples rebuked them. Jesus said, Let the little children come to me and do not hinder them. For the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. When he had placed his hands on them, he went on from there. I love those three verses because in there is packed a powerful principle that you and I need to grab a hold of. We need to wake up to the reality of what is hidden in this portion of Scripture. First of all, when we read that portion of Scripture, one of the things that immediately stands out is the attitude of the disciples to those who are bringing children. Inadvertently, it was their attitude towards children. Jesus was seated, receiving children, and they rebuked those who brought the children because he had walked all the way from Galilee to Judea and they thought he was very tired and did not have time for children. Instead, Jesus looks at them and says, let the little children come to me. I love that. I love the fact that Jesus has a lot of time for children. I love the fact that Jesus loves children. And we used to sing the old song, Jesus loves the little children of the world. Jesus wants children to come to him. And maybe we have the same attitude that the disciples had. We think the children are too young to understand the message of the gospel. So we do not let them come to Jesus. You see, our children are in school learning maths and English and geography and history and chemistry and biology and all these things. And yet we still think that maybe our children are too young to understand the gospel. Our children are not too young to understand the gospel. It is the most simple message, but it is the most profound message of all. Sometimes we think that our children still have a lot of time. We look at them and say, no, you're young. You have a lot of time ahead of you. May our eyes be open today to recognize that no one is guaranteed tomorrow. Our children could be here today and gone tomorrow. And so it is urgent that we let the little children come to Jesus. It is important, church, that we let the little children come to Jesus. Some people think the children are simply not ready. They're not yet serious enough to make a decision to follow Jesus. One of our pastors, Pastor Calvin, shares a story with us about how his grandmother led him to faith in Jesus at the age of six and he was filled with the Holy Spirit when he was only six years old. 
we must let the little children come to Jesus. And that's why this Children's Sunday, we're talking to you about reaching the hearts of our children with the gospel of Jesus. Now, why must we let our children come to Jesus? One, our children are sinners. Every human being that is born is born into sin. Genesis chapter 3, Adam and Eve fell into sin and therefore by nature, every human being is a sinner. The Bible tells us in Romans chapter 3 and verse 23, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Our children are sinners in need of a savior. And that is why we must reach their hearts with the gospel. Therefore their eyes will be open to understand their need for Jesus as their savior. But secondly, we must reach our children with the message of the gospel because if we are not reaching them, someone else is trying to reach them. And many times the person that is working really hard to reach our children has a message that pushes their hearts farther and farther away from the Lord. You see it through the programs that they watch. You see it through social media. And the influence it has on them and the habits they pick up and the mindsets they form and the, and, the, and the way they begin to live their lives copying what they see. And it is a sinister message that is designed to slowly turn their hearts away from God, to slowly make their hearts cold to God. Someone else is trying to reach our children. That is why it is urgent that we reach their hearts with the gospel. But the other reason that we must reach our children with the gospel is because God wants us to raise for him a generation that is godly. A generation that fears him. Malachi chapter 2 and verse 15. Malachi is speaking to the nation of Israel. He's reminding them about some core things that they have forgotten. He says, has not the Lord God made you? You belong to him in body and spirit. And what does the one God seek? A godly offspring. In our family month, we talk to you about the fact that children are a sacred trust to us from God. They're a gift to us. They don't belong to us. Our children belong to God. And he has trusted them with us so that we can raise our children in the fear and admonition of the Lord. It is urgent that we reach our children with the gospel. And when we reach our children with the gospel, we begin to place in their hearts the values of the word of God. And they begin to live according to those values. Proverbs 22 teaches us really well that we must train our children in the way that they should go so that when they're older, they will not depart from it. It is important that we reach their hearts with the gospel and begin to plant the values and the principles of the kingdom of God so that when they grow up, they will go into the places and the spaces where God has called them and they'll bring the kingdom of God right there. We must reach our children with the gospel because they're sinners because God wants a godly offspring, but also because it is urgent that they are reached today. Someone is trying to reach them. And Romans is so clear, he tells us, if they do not hear, how will they believe? So what must we do? Four things I want to share with you today. One, we must reach our children in our homes. We must reach our children in our homes. Listen to me carefully, Watoto Church. Your home must be the primary place of preaching the gospel. Your home must be the first place, the primary place where the gospel is preached. 
You cannot delegate this to the church. Yes, as the church, we are your family. We will come alongside you. We will encourage you. We're going to equip you. We're going to pray with you. We're going to pray over you. But do not delegate your God-given responsibility to reach your children with the gospel to the church. It is your responsibility as a parent, as a guardian, to reach that child that God has put in your hands with the gospel. In Deuteronomy chapter 6, I want you to turn there, verse 5 to 7. The children of Israel are going into the promised land. And so Moses takes time to read the law to them because Deuteronomy simply means the second reading of the law. Moses had to restate the law of God so that as the children of Israel went into the promised land, they wouldn't copy the ways of the people around them. They would hold on to the law of God and live according to God's ways. So one of the things he reminds them is found in Deuteronomy chapter 6 verse 5 to 7. He says, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home, when you walk along the road and when you lie down and when you get up. Moses was restating the principle that the home must be the primary place where children are introduced to who God is and what he can do. Our homes must be the place where children hear that we are sinners in need of a savior and there is only one who saves and his name is Jesus. Our homes must be that place. Our homes must be that place. And we use every opportunity when they sit down when they lie down, when we walk along the path, use every opportunity to reach the heart of your child with the gospel. Sometimes they're going to make bad decisions. They're going to make mistakes. That is an opportunity to push them towards Jesus. In their success, when they're at the top of the mountain, tell them about Jesus so they never forget. When they're in the dark, trying to navigate various issues of life, be present. As a parent, let your voice be the primary voice that introduces them to Jesus in every phase of their life. Don't be ashamed of the gospel. Don't sugarcoat the gospel. Preach the gospel to your child. As parents, we are the first preachers of the gospel to our children. And here at Watoto Church, we have an incredible tool we've made available to every family. It's called Right Now Media. And any family at Watoto can get an account. And on that platform, you're going to find incredible material to disciple your child. You're going to find programming, entire series from the Bible that are put in cartoon format and their answers and discussion questions and their guides on how to lead them to discover God and fall in love with Jesus as their personal Lord and Savior. Why? We don't want to do the work of discipleship for you. We want to come alongside you because you are the primary voice of reaching your child with the gospel. Turn to your neighbor, tell them, no excuses. So we want to reach our children in our home. Now, this is so critical. The Bible tells us in the book of Judges chapter 2 and verse 10 that there arose a generation that did not know who God is and what he had done. Why? Because there's a generation of Israelites that did not pass on their faith. Christianity is one generation away from extinction. You could be on fire for Jesus 
and fail to disciple your child and fail to reach your child with the gospel and though you'll be in heaven one day your child will be in hell because you failed to reach the heart of your child my wife and i were absolutely committed to reaching our children every night, every day, every opportunity we get, we point them to Jesus. I want to challenge you to do the same. Let your home be the first place and the primary place of reaching the heart of your child with the gospel. Secondly, we must reach our children in our communities. We must reach the children in our communities. Our communities are filled with children that do not know Jesus. They don't know his love for them. They don't know that he died in their place. They do not know that he can save them from their sin. They have no clue who Jesus is and what he can do with their lives when they're fully surrendered to him. And though we may reside behind those gates and those high fences, on our way to heaven, there are children in our community who are slowly walking to hell and there is no one telling them about Jesus and the fact that he loves them and will save them from sin. I love Matthew chapter 9, verse 35 to 37. Jesus looked at the people of Jerusalem and his heart went out to them. The Bible says he had compassion on them. Why? The religious leaders that should have been guiding them to discover God and build a relationship with him instead piled on the people more religious pressure. And the people couldn't discover God and get to know him personally. Religion became a burden. the Bible says he looked at the people and they were helpless because they were like sheep without a shepherd. Then Jesus says something so powerful. He says the harvest is plentiful but the laborers are few. Therefore pray to the Lord of the harvest so that he may raise up laborers who are going to bring the harvest into the kingdom. What other church? That is our mandate. That is our desire. That we have a heart of compassion. That we see the children in our community as sinners who are in need of a savior. And that we come part of the laborers who are working hard to bring the harvest into the kingdom. That we are depopulating hell and we are populating heaven. We are plundering hell and we are winning every child for Jesus. We must be those laborers that Jesus prayed for. That's why it is important that you host a children's cell. It's not a program. It is an opportunity for you to gather children and reach their hearts with the gospel. They're going to come and they're going to sing and dance and play. And then after that, they're going to gather around God's word. It is your opportunity to tell them about Jesus. And then watch what God begins to do with their lives and the transformation that happens. That's why it's important that you host a morph cell, a teenager's cell. It is critical. It's an opportunity to reach the teenagers with the gospel. Now I know some of us may not like the way teenagers look or the way they talk. It's just simply a sign that, you know, you've grown older and that's okay. There's a place 
for that as well. Each generation will sound, talk, and look different. Oh, pastor, I don't like their hair. Sometimes I, I, I hear English words, but I cannot understand what they're saying. It's, it's some kind of slang. And so what do we do? Our fences go higher. We add a gate, security fencing. We add alarms. We put dogs and a security guard. And we keep them away from our homes. Meanwhile, they are struggling outside our fences. They are hooked on drugs. They are hooked in sexual immorality, lesbianism, homosexuality. They are lost. They are in crime. And all we want to do is while we drive by them, put up our windows. As we walk by them, our earphones are in our ears. We're listening to our gospel music. We are walking to our homes as our children, our teenagers are going to hell. Some of us, we are strangers in our own communities. We show up like the night. We come in in the gate at 9 p.m. And by 6 a.m. in the morning, we have disappeared. And that's our story. Oh, praise God for salvation. We are going to heaven. Your next door neighbor and that teenager, that child is going to hell. Your presence in that community matters. It's an opportunity for you to reach people. Oh, pastor, some of us are not talkers. Grow up. Grow up. Grow up. This is the heart of Jesus. Let the little children come to me. So we must reach children in our communities. The third thing is we must reach the children in our schools. We must reach our children in schools. You know, some of us are just comfortable with bringing our children to the school and then we walk away. We come back in the evening to pick them. We don't care what happens as long as you are doing well in school. And yet we do not know, by the way, that in every school there is a message that is being passed on to a child. We must be involved. We must be concerned. In Isaiah chapter 2 and verse 6 to 8, God has something against the children of Israel. This is what he said to them through the prophet. For the Lord has rejected his people, the descendants of Jacob, because they have filled their land with practices from the east and with sorcerers as the Philistines do. They have made alliances with pagans. Israel is full of silver and gold and there is no end to its treasures. Their land is full of war horses. There is no end to its chariots. Their land is full of idols. The people worship things they have made with their own hands. Yes, Israel was prospering. It was doing well. And they were forming relationships with other kingdoms so they could become wealthier and even stronger. That was their pursuit. But they didn't realize that under their noses, these people with whom they were building relationships were slowly bringing idol worship into their land. And sometimes we're chasing after careers. We're chasing after success in this. And we're trying to do better in that. And we're chasing after this. And we're just sending our children to any school. And we do not know that right under our noses, there is a message being passed on. Recently, we've seen the videos 
Musicians just going to schools and doing stuff. And our children watch and participate. We must be involved. We must be concerned. What is going into the hearts and the minds of our children? Nehemiah was concerned for the city of Jerusalem. Her walls had been broken. So he went to the king and asked for permission. And by the grace of God, he was given permission. And he went and he led the rebuilding of the walls of Jerusalem. Why? He was concerned. And God made the way for him. Mordecai was concerned about the future of the Jewish people. So he positioned his niece, Esther, in the palace. And by the gift of beauty that God had given to her, there was access to the king and the enemy of the Jewish people was dealt with and the Jewish people were spared. Why? Mordecai was moved with concern and God opened the door. When you are concerned and you're not ashamed of the gospel, God is going to give you favor and open doors for you. Suddenly, we begin to push the agenda in the schools. The agenda is not pushed for us. We begin to direct the conversations that happen in our schools. As parents, you shouldn't be ashamed of the gospel. Encourage that school to have proper biblical content that's discipling our children. At Watoto Church, we want to reach primary schools, secondary schools. Some of you are school owners. Some of you are directors of schools. Some of you sit on the boards of schools. Some of you are teachers in those schools. Invite the teams from children's ministry and the teens ministry here at Watoto so we can come and become a partner with that school, reaching the children with the gospel. Do not be ashamed of the gospel. In the first half of 2022, we saw 1,900 children give their hearts to Jesus and 800 teenagers give their hearts to Jesus. Why? We were present in the schools. Invite us and get involved. Let us guide the conversation of what is going into the hearts of our children. Finally, we must reach our children by joining the team and serving. You know, one of the greatest evidence of maturity in the life of a believer is that they spend their life on behalf of others. They give of themselves. You have gifts. You have talents. Come and serve the children. Some of you are great at teaching. Some of you are great at organizing events for children and we can do stuff in the community to reach children and you can serve here on, with a team on, on Sunday or during the week. You can lead children. You're great teachers. You can teach the word and you can begin to disciple children. I also want to encourage you, open your homes to host cells. Listen, God did not give you a home just for you and your family to have a great time and you must have a great time. But there is a kingdom agenda to that resource. And your home can be the breeding ground of the next generation of Africa's leaders. Will you open your doors? Today at the end of service, stop by the cell table and say, hey, I want to host a cell. Write it on the card. In fact, right now, our host ushers will be around. Just raise your hand and say, I want to host a cell in my home. I want my children to gather and be discipled in my home. I want my home to be an altar where God begins to transform lives of the children. And write on that card, I want to be a host. Or write on that card, I want my children to join cell. We'll work hard and make sure your children are connected this week. Why? When we are part of the team that is serving, 
God through us will do something significant. Join the team that goes out for outreach. Do whatever you can to serve. There is an agenda to steal the hearts of our children. But I hope at Watoto Church, God finds a generation that says enough is enough. We're going to give our very best effort to reach the generation with the gospel. May God find us worthy. I want us to watch a video. It's a story about how one of our pastors, her heart was reached as a little girl. Today, she's one of the significant leaders here at Watoto. Let's watch this video together and see what God can do with a young life totally surrendered. My name is, uh, full name is Dorothy Navuga, whatever, commonly known as Pastor Dora. I am married to Godfrey Watavam, and together God has blessed us with three amazing children. When Watoto Church opened shop, those days KPC, uh, our mom was so excited. There was uh, a cantata that was being shown that year. I think it was 1985. So we came and um, were all excited to watch the cantata. And we've never left since then. I came to know the Lord Jesus Christ at an early age. If I remember very well, I was five years old. My parents used to bring me to Watoto Church. We'd come along with our mom and would take us to children's church. And there would meet with the aunties and uncles and they'll tell us about Jesus. And I remember this particular Sunday, Pastor Irene asked us if we'd like to ask Jesus to come into our hearts. She had shared the story about Zacchaeus and how Zacchaeus needed to be saved. And I remember as a five-year-old, I was really touched and I wanted to see Jesus just like Zacchaeus had seen Jesus. So at the altar call, I put up my hand and I believed in my heart that day that I got born again. I grew up through children's church from uh, the littlest class, which we now call our amazing class. And I graduated from our explorers class. Uh, I used to bring my little siblings to church then and I would drop them off in children's church. And there was this particular time I came in, we were meeting in Timothy class, and the room was very packed. It was so full. And Pastor Irene then, who was our children's pastor, God bless us all, she was sweating profusely. And she was trying to communicate to the children, but no one was listening. There were very few facilitators. And that day, I felt a call on my heart to come back and serve. So that's how my journey uh, serving in ministry began. By God's grace, I mean, uh, the leadership saw that I had a call of God on my life when it came to children's ministry, but also when it comes to people. Right now, I'm serving as an associate pastor for our newest and youngest campus about to be launched, Watoto Church Ginger. I believe that the home is where children should first of all hear about Jesus. My mom believes in Jesus, she believed in God, and she taught me how to pray as a little girl, and I'm doing the same thing for my children. So I'd like to encourage all the parents out there to take this very seriously. Just like the Bible teaches us to train up a child in a way that he should go, such that when he's older, they'll never depart from it. Let us teach them God's word, and let us pray with them, but let's also pray over them. Let's teach them these things when they are young now, such that when they are older, we shall see a better Uganda. That's awesome. 
I want to challenge you, Watoto Church, to not just be hearers of the word, but to be doers. Your child could be this country's next president, significant leader in business, a teacher, a doctor, a leader that's going to transform the community. And God sees their future. You may not see it, but God sees it. And that's why God is knocking at the door of your heart and is saying, help me reach that child with the gospel. There is something special I want to do through them. And we're total church. Let's all pray together and encourage our friends here in person and online who are praying this prayer and giving their lives to Jesus. Let's all pray together. Everyone saying, dear Jesus, thank you for loving me. I recognize that I am a sinner and I need a savior. Jesus, you are the only savior. Today, I am asking you to forgive me of my sin. Wash me clean in your precious blood. Give me a brand new heart. Jesus, I now receive you as my Lord and my savior. And from this day, I believe that I'm born again, that I'm a child of God. I will live for you and I'll follow you for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name, clap your hands and say amen and amen. Welcome to the family of God. We celebrate every miracle of salvation. You lifted up your hand. I have a friend of mine connecting with you right now online. That link has just appeared on your screen. Do click it. Let us know who you are. We want to come alongside you and help you grow in your relationship with Jesus. One more time, Matoto Church. Let's clap our hands and celebrate every miracle of salvation in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening. We hope this encourages you to step into the new. Tune in next time as we delve into the Word of God. For comments and feedback or counseling, write to connect at watotochurch.com. Hey, hey,